Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hey there, Moto America fans. This is Paul Carruthers, and I'm joined today by Sean Bice, and this is our weekly podcast, Off Track. Uh, I, we hope you're listening we hope you enjoy what we've been doing so far because we continue to do it weekly. Today we have a special guest with us, uh, and his name is Bobby Fong, and he's on crutches and he's badly <laughs> injured, but he continues to race. As you saw, anybody who saw the race from uh, from from Pittsburgh last week, I think Bobby Fong was probably the number one story that came out of that race because he had a really bad crash on Saturday. And uh, if you saw the crash uh, on TV, you you would realize how bad it was. When you when you saw him the next morning on crutches and obviously in a lot of pain, my thought was, oh man, if this guy can just get out there and ride around, maybe get a few points here and there, and and try to keep his championship, uh, try to keep his championship lead or at least stay close to uh, to Hayden Gillum. And what do you know, Sean Bice? The guy goes out there and and almost wins i mean he comes as close to winning as you can possibly come without winning and he loses out by a fraction of a second to his teammate uh sean dylan kelly but uh pretty heroic don't you think what a great weekend it was overall at pittsburgh i mean that was just a fantastic event for us from the weather to uh the racing to what bobby did and yeah you're right you know in the in the morning warm-up on sunday I thought, oh, you know, he's just going to kind of troll around, you know, and it's probably going to tighten up even more for the race. So he's probably just going to try to salvage points. And I mean, the ending, if he hadn't have been hurt at all, that was an unbelievable ending. But you, you add that onto it. It's like it's like some one of those Rocky stories or something, you know, it's like, what is he? I can't believe what he's doing. And when we get him on, I mean, I I. Another reason why I could have never been a motorcycle racer, I could not have done that to my injured teammate, what Sean Killen, Dylan Kelly did. Killen, I call him Sean Killen Deli. <laughs> well, you're you're too nice because you. I can't see you doing that. I can see me doing that. Like, yeah, I'd never I do that. You know, I mean, you to in that to be in that position that that kid's in, and you know, I think it. I think it actually showed a lot about him because. He's a he's a really nice kid, but he knows he's got to win motorcycle races, and 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 I'm sure Bobby's Bobby probably would have liked less of a fight from his teammate, but I'm sure he has a lot of respect for what that kid did because um, you know it just shows he wants to win, and and I mean there's not a worse loser in the paddock than Bobby, so let's bring him in now. But you know what 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 Scott Russell always told me he said if you show me a good loser and I'll show you somebody who loses a lot. And yeah. Bobby, Bobby doesn't like to lose. And that's why if you look at his point score for this year, he's finished first and second in every race that he hasn't crashed out of while trying to finish first or second. So give credit for that. And uh, Bobby, how are you today? Thanks for having me, boys. I'm, uh, I'm doing a little bit better than Sunday, for sure. I'm uh, still on crutches, unfortunately. But, um, you know, we're getting through it. Hopefully I'll be, I'll be a lot better by New Jersey and Obviously, that one's a, a pretty physical track as well. I think a little bit less shifting than uh, than Pittsburgh, but um, no, looking forward to get back out there and get some wins under my belt. I uh, I felt like I had the pace to uh, to check out on Saturday and didn't do that. I ended up on my head, but uh, Sunday was definitely a definitely a hard one. But um, I didn't I didn't think for sure I was going to be up front, but I just uh, I just 
bit my tongue and just suffered through it the whole thing. I was a little on the transitionings on the transitions in the corners. I was really slow kind of transition. My body position was a little bit uh, a little bit differently just to kind of compensate a little bit from uh, where I was injured. But we managed to get a second, and it was good to get some points because uh, for sure it was almost looking like even if I would have rode around in top ten and PJ would have won or got second, I was definitely going to or Hayden, I was going to lose the the points lead. So, Bobby, before we get into what the weekend, well, when we, last we saw you, it was in the press conference after the race, and you had said, well, you came in on the crutches, obviously managed to sit down and tell you were in a lot of pain. You you basically had said you were going to go see a doctor up, up in your area in California. Have you done that yet? And and what's what's tell us what what's the, what's the situation with you right now? What you had done and what's going to happen? So I went into the doctor um, Tuesday, sat there for hours, and it was just the regular, just a standard doctor in Stockton. It wasn't, I didn't go to Tuan, my regular guy. And I waited there for hours, and they x-rayed my, my, my foot and my back and, they, uh, and some other stuff. And they told me in my foot, and I, I'm still real skeptical because I still can't put any pressure on my heel whatsoever. It's pretty swollen, black and blue. They said it's not fractured, but... Personally, I think they just kind of didn't x-ray it at the right spot onto my heel or something. I mean, I've sprained my ankle plenty of times, broke my ankle plenty of times, and it feels completely broke. But um, I'm going to trust what they say. They said I had like a pinched nerve and some broke ribs, fractured ribs. So that's, wow, uh, ribs. Yeah, yeah, ribs wow. on, the, yeah, on the backside area. So that's that's what they told me. But um, I didn't think I had fractured ribs, but they got they said I had some fractured ribs and um, you know, I did, I've been doing some, uh, PT stuff like, you know, did the cryo sauna, the infrared sauna, the, I've been trying to like, I got on the stationary, like prop myself up on the stationary bicycle yesterday and like put it on level one and just kind of, I pedaled with the right side just so I wasn't like, it was very, very light, you know, tension on the bike just to like get my body moving, get the blood flowing just to, it's very hard for me to just sit there and do nothing. So. I did that yesterday. I'm going to probably try to do a little more today. I've been doing everything I can to get a little bit better for New Jersey. So the ribs is probably what was causing the back pain, huh? I, that's what I'm assuming, man. I'm, I'm assuming. But, man, I, it's, definitely, it's definitely hard to wipe daily and uh, hard to get yeah. in the shower. Yeah. I, need a, I need a handicapped shower. That's what, I, that's what I need is to get in that thing in a handicapped stall. So, um the back man it's brutal i mean i can manage a foot but the thing is it's my left ankle and my right side of my back rib area so it's like i can't really do too much i can't move one way better than another because if i move to the left it's like my ankle to my right it's my back so i'm like compensating so much but you know we'll uh we'll get through it we'll, we'll try to tough it out you know bobby i wonder if you did um i had a bicycle accident a few years ago and did something to my ankle. It was my, actually, it was my right, right uh, foot. Anyway, they thought, yeah, no big deal, whatever. Well, I, it wasn't getting better. And I went in and you mentioned your heel and they told me your heel is almost like a, believe it or not, like an egg and you can get a fracture. It's almost like the shell of an egg cracking. And I, when they looked at it again and they found a fracture on like that heel cup area. You mentioned uh -huh. your heel. sounds like it's the joint, but do you think maybe you broke your heel possibly? That's what I'm honestly. That's what I'm thinking because I could put a little bit of pressure on the ball of my foot on the front, but it's my heel which is killing me. And like the whole side of my, 
I have like road rash. Uh, and my leathers aren't ripped, but oh well, yeah, they're a little ripped. But from the side of my knee to my uh, the ball of my foot or the, on the side of my foot, it's like that hole that runs along your shin. That's really sore and swollen too. So I don't know what's going on there, but um, I guess I needed to go see a specialist. Uh, if, if it's getting continuing to get like, you know, just the same and not really progressing by Monday, I'm going to go see Tuan and Harwood just to get another, get another opinion. Yeah. But um, at the end of the Good day, it's, uh, at the end of the day, I'm not going to do, if I have to have surgery, whatever the case may be, um, I'm not going to get surgery before the end of the season. What did the data show you? At, what did the data show you? How how fast were you going when you crashed? Um, I don't exactly remember. One hundred and twenty something like that. One hundred and twenty something like that. But, um, I believe. But the thing is, like, I remember during the race. Well, I didn't remember after I crashed because when I when I crashed, I, I was conscious, but I was I was definitely dazed and confused. Like when I got, I don't remember like getting in the, getting in the ambulance or anything like that. Um, I remember like kind of coming back to it when like Josh and Josh Hayes and my, my crew chief Frank and stuff were uh, at the medical center with me. And I remember crash, like I remember the crash going through the air and everything. I just don't remember like if I was leading the race and all that stuff. Um, you were so in a I good battle remember. for 10th. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what <laughs> I thought. I was like, I was in a good solid battle for 10th, but I do remember it all came back to me. I remember, I remember coming, uh, that lap that started, I remember seeing like, yeah, like a group. I was like a six of us or something in the group. So, and I knew like in practice that morning that I could go uh, half a second faster with the hard tires. Like I did it in the morning pretty consistently, pretty easily. And cause I was doing high 43s at that time. And uh, I knew that if uh, I knew that I could probably, probably check out at that pace, but, um, that lap since I saw there was a huge group behind me and I didn't have any gap, I was going to put the hammer down. So that lap I had like some purple sectors because I remember like, okay, now I'm going to try to try to pull away a little bit. And I gave 24% more throttle in that corner just a little bit too soon. And I had a lot of moments there throughout the weekend too, just uh, the rear end coming around, just being a little bit too antsy with the throttle because it leads on to, you know, a, pretty fast section you know and so you could gain and lose a lot of time there so the the data showed that i um gave it 24 percent more throttle a little bit sooner and uh that's what caused the rear end to break loose and you know make that yeah, mistake you, like, you high-sided right you high-sided oh like yeah high-sided the moon yeah yeah that thing shot me in the moon but hell we're all we're all in we all make mistakes and i should have just been a little bit patient more patient you you mentioned in the press you mentioned in the press conference about your th use of the throttle. You tend to you tend to I'm not going to call it whiskey throttle, but you tend yeah. to get on the throttle hard. Is that is that right? Is that kind of your riding style? Yeah, I've like how I ride. I don't know if it's from riding the big bikes for a while or riding the cow. The mainly Kawasaki that kind of got me into this mode. It was like as soon as you're on the edge of the tire and you feel you like you have grip, you have grip, you're searching for grip. And then as soon as you feel like you have a little bit of grip, you stand the bike up and just go, you know, you just, I go from like, you know, 50% throttle to a hundred instead of just progressively rolling on the throttle and being smooth. I just go, you know, half throttle blah, 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 and then I have grip and I just like, okay, go, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of like, 
that's kind of how I ride. I mean, I've gotten a lot better now that I'm on the 600, but I still have that tendency to like, okay, I got some grip, I got some grip, bam. And uh, it's bit me a lot on the 600. I've, I've had high-sided. I've high-sided more in the 600. I've high-sided more in, on this 600 this year than I had in my whole life, honestly, I feel like. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's uh, something I need to learn from, just being a little bit more smooth with the throttle. Do you watch videos when, when something like that happens? Do you go back and, and watch that video or you're just like, oh, shit, I don't need to see that? I did watch that video plenty of times. And I, it's weird is I'll watch the race after the weekend. But, you know, a lot of people do a lot of studying, like uh, a studying of themselves or the race and stuff like that. Like, the, the, like on a, say if we have a race on Saturday, people will watch the race on the Moto America Live to learn something for Sunday. I, I tend to not do that just because I want, I don't want to create an opinion. Like, you know, I don't want to worry about something that really I didn't need to worry about. I didn't want to create more stress or another problem. I just, I believe my team and kind of what they tell me and where I was lacking or whatever, whatever the case may be, instead of watching it and kind of creating something, you know, say for example, like, I'll watch the race and I'll see I'm making a mistake in one area and then uh, Hayden or whoever's catching me like tremendously in one area. I don't want to focus so much on that area that I forget where I'm good at. You know what I mean? On the rest right. of the track. Yeah, it makes or, sense. Make, or charge too hard or something like that. So I, I tend to not do that. Um, but I did watch the crowds plenty of times after the race weekend. Did you expect to get that kind of fight from Sean Dillon or did you think he'd roll over for you? At the end of the day, I, I did expect something. I honestly, I kind of ruined that race myself. Honestly, I going into that lap, I was so tired, like my back and my strength was not there. Like I was really lazy through the S's and the chicane. I was suffering going to the S's. So I was like, I definitely was riding slower than what I could have could have gone. But at the end of the day, like I was thinking going like on that lap, I was thinking too much, like how I was going to approach the last sector. And I ended up going a little bit too hard going into the chicane. And I didn't have the strength to really bring the bike back around to keep my momentum through the S's. And I went so tight going in the last corner because I know somebody was going to go in. I didn't think that it was going to be Sean. Um, but it was good for him. You know, he's young and hungry and want to win. And I definitely don't expect, even if it's my teammate, I do not expect anybody. Even if it's a one-point championship, I do not expect anybody to roll off the throttle. I want to win on my own. I don't want somebody to give it to me. Um, but, you know, with that move, it definitely opened up the door for PJ to possibly get in there and win the race. So, uh, but yeah, no, he rode a great race and I definitely don't expect anybody to roll off the throttle to let me win. I want to win on my own. And um, even if it's for the championship, I want, I want to do it with no help. Right. So, you know, Bobby, for a minute, I want to go back for a minute when to our last podcast, we had a great podcast with you earlier in the mm -hmm. year and it was right after you got signed by M4 of Team Hammer. And, you know, I remember you, you had a, you had a job with a power sports manufacturer um, and they didn't like the fact that you were racing and you, you basically went from a sort of a little bit of a quasi civilian, also working with Danny Walker's camp to where you are at now. And it's like, what a, what an unbelievable story. I don't know if you were, I don't, I, I'm not going to say you were kind of a little out of racing, but 
you got this thing, situation with Team Hammer. And how, when you look back at it, are you amazed at where you are now compared to where you were not that long ago? Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. I'm definitely thankful for to be in racing again full time. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I still don't feel secure. You know what I mean? It's I could I could go out, let's say the best the best case scenario could happen as I win the championships this year. You know, I uh, that's the best case. I still don't have any guarantee for next year. You know what I mean? Honestly, I just what that taught me is just appreciate to live in the moment. You know what I mean? Appreciate what you have now because this all could be over tomorrow, which as of right now, I haven't heard anything for next year. I haven't, I, honestly, I've heard nothing but negative things about next year. You know what I mean? On what people are doing, what's going on. I know the series is growing, but I don't know what teams are doing. Um, so I'm, who knows? So I'm just getting prepared for the worst, hoping for the best and just enjoying it at the moment. And at the end of the day, if I have to walk away again, I know what it feels like. So it's not going to hurt as bad. Um, but I definitely want to give him my all while I'm here. So, uh, like I said, I, I have no idea what's going on next year. I know that uh, I have a teammate that's younger than me. So that, that age kind of goes a long ways in racing, um, even if you are winning. And uh, money goes a long ways. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to give it uh, 100% and just live in the moment and, and appreciate it while it's here because I know it's not going to be here forever. I like to sometimes pretend I'm king of the world. I used to tell Keith McCarty this, like I'd go up to him and say, Keith, I know you don't want to hear this, but if if I were running this team and he'd kind of look at me and I'd proceed to tell him what I was going to have happen, which never went over well, but he liked me enough. It was okay. So if yeah. I were the king of the world or well, here's how I want to do it. Bobby, you win, you win the Super Sport Championship. You stay with Team Hammer. You move up to Superbike because you've obviously shown your prowess on a big bike. You know whether you're Jake Lewis's teammate or not. I think I think Team Hammer. I feel like M4. Last year they sort of we heard rumors maybe they were trying to put two people on on a super bike. You know super bikes with Debeese and and Jake and boy I I feel like this year you certainly deserved and earned that especially what you showed this weekend for that team and the branding and you've got a, a good cult of personality with fans. Um, you certainly showed a lot of excitement this year, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your butt. I, I think I think if it were me, you would. You, that's that's the next step where you ought to be. Um, do you? What yeah. do you think, Paul? Well, you am know, I queen I'll, of I'll the world or what? Yeah, yeah. No, you can be king if you want. You can be coke king. Go in around, you know, Bobby. You can you're be fine. king of your own world. Uh, <laughs> you know, I uh, honestly, what you uh, to what you said, Sean, is. Uh, there is talk, I think, with the team about being on Superbike. Not with me, or I, I, there was no names being brought up. But there is, there's always talk in the pits about you know two Superbikes and with M4. I'm not sure if I want to go to Superbike. Uh, you know, mm. I, uh, I I'm not sure if I want to go to Superbike. Yeah, that's a premier class, but battling for fourth through eighth is not fun. You right, know, it is definitely. I I am. I do not want to do that. I don't need to prove to anybody that I'm fast. I know who I am and I know where I belong and I don't want to go. I'm not saying the M4 team is not capable of doing it, but just from past history, uh, I know that M4 and that bike is capable of getting podiums. But uh, as we know, Yamaha has the resources and Yoshimura has the resources to be there week in and week out. I don't want to 
I don't want to race to hope for that we're going to have a great weekend and all the stars are going to align to possibly battle for a race win. On the 600, I know we could be there race, you know, every single race weekend. And winning races is fun. You yeah. Know, and the, the 600 program is definitely, it's a winning winning package. I'm not, uh, as of right now, the M4 team is not proven to be a winning package. They're definitely, they got their best crew out there, but just the resources that the factory teams have is pretty outstanding, you know? So, and that's what it seems like the, that's what it seems like is winning the um, the superbike class it's not because the riders are better it's just they the factory teams have obviously more money more more power more crew more everything so even if m4 suzuki offer if i win the championship and m4 offers me a superbike ride i gotta seriously think about what you know my future and what you know it'd be good to def- i definitely want to go on a superbike again i just want to be on a winning a proven winning package you know what i mean yeah. Do you think the stars aligned for your teammate, Jake Lewis, a little bit? I mean, he, he had, obviously he had some ups and downs, but he showed some prowess there getting up front. Do you, do you think that was the case of that track and the type of rider he is, or did it really kind of show us the potential of that bike? No, that, I know that by, I know that they've been struggling with the bike, the electronics side of things uh, throughout the season. They've had some difficulties from what I can see and what I could hear and what Jake tells me just with the electronic side and, just some bad luck. And I know that things are getting a lot better on that side. Um, and Jake's a great rider too. You know what I mean? He's, he's battled for super bike podiums and um, I'm not sure. Cause I, he's done good. I know the bike is getting a lot better. The team is working better with Jake and the bike and everything. I don't know. Cause uh, Jake has always done really good at Pittsburgh and I would definitely hope to see him up front with uh, the M4 bike at uh, New Jersey and uh, Barber, which obviously as a rider, Jake could definitely be up front. Um, so we'll see. I'm not sure. I, uh, I don't know uh, if the stars are aligned or what, but I know he rode a great race and held the, the podium was in sight for the team and Jake. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was definitely exciting. It was good to see Jake back up front because he's definitely been struggling a little bit this year with the bike and everything. So we'll see. Yeah. How do things look for you? going into these last four races and two rounds that with New Jersey and Barber, are those two tracks that you enjoy are those two tracks that you've had success at or, or is that not accurate? No, no, I honestly, I, I definitely like, uh, I definitely love Barber, especially I'm, I'm stoked to ride it with the new, uh, the new repaved surface, New Jersey. On the other hand, they should just take that place off the, off the map. They should take that place and just never go back. Because, and on, I'm just being straightly blunt with everybody. I mean, the track is, I'm, I'm just maybe being a whiny baby about it, but the track is bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. And, and you can't even go, when it rains, which most likely it will rain, it rains every year, um, you can't even go on a straight line without crashing. Right. Hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's so unbelievably dangerous. Probably the most dangerous track we race at in the wet. And you could ask any rider that. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand why we keep going back there. Um, but I like the track in the dry for sure. I don't think anybody likes it in the wet. Right. Um, but in the dry, it's definitely fun for sure. It, it definitely makes close racing because, as you like, if you look in years past, the the gap like from first through tenth, at least in the superbike, in the last few years, it's been separated by like a half a second. 
like first through 10th. Like the racing's always been like in the dry, the times are always so close. So it's in the dry, the track creates such good racing. It's, it's really good for the fan. And we get a good spec. Honestly, we get good spectators there too. We get, that's one of the bigger rounds. I think we get some spectators at. Right. So that's, that's good for the series and everything. So be in the position you're in where you're leading the championship by 11 points, probably the last thing Mm -hmm. you would want is a wet race. Honestly, no, I, man, it's, I don't think nobody wants a wet race unless you just, you know, for sure you're going in that thing and just dominating. Um, we did some Dunlop tire testing or at the wet weather, like we wet the track at the Dunlop facility uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, I know how to ride in the wet. That's for sure. I'm, I'm confident in the wet. It's just New Jersey in the wet is another, right, it's unpredictable. It's not, that's like, it's not riding in the wet there. No, it's riding in ice. Right. You might as well, it's not riding in the wet. You're riding on ice. So that's the, the stress levels and the focus for sure. It's, I don't think anybody's looking forward to that. But wet weathers, I'm not really too worried about the wet, honestly. I know I can ride in the wet. I've proven, at least in the Honda at New Jersey, we're top three actually at every session in the wet last year. Um, so I know I definitely know how to ride in the wet. And I'm, my confidence is a lot higher after doing the, the wet weather test at Dunlop. But uh, yeah, just not looking forward to riding on ice. This year you have, uh, you're working with, with Josh Hayes um, and his J-Force training camp and uh, Paul and, and our uh, colleague Doug created a video with you guys at the camp and showed this like two weeks of a pretty intense training. Um, and now Josh is not racing the 600. He's not out on the track with you, but he's, he's going, he's at the races and we saw him in, in uh, the, you know, the pit uh, or not the, the area where the podium basically talking to you and, yeah. you know, congratulating you without giving away any trade secrets. Can you tell us what, what kind what, how does it work with you guys on a race weekend? What are, what insights does he provide? How intense is he with his coaching or does he just sort of kind of talk to you back, you know, be your, be your buddy kind of, how does it work? No, honestly, we, we almost talk on a day-to-day basis, not even just about like riding. We just kind of talk about life and, um, just on a day to day, just honestly, we just, we just talk trash all day long on each other. Um, but on a race weekend, it, it, we, uh, he kind of treats me differently than others because every, obviously everybody has a, a more, a different personality. I want him to be more aggressive, more, I'm, I'm like, uh, I like tough love. I, I do, you know, I'm not, I, I definitely like the tough love part. You know what I mean? If I, if I'm being a, a girl about something or whatever the case may be. I want him to be as truthful as and blunt and aggressive as he can because he's just an aggressive human being. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want him to be, I want him, I want him to be as real as possible. Cause that's when I'll believe him. I don't want somebody to tell me a lie. And, uh, you know, on a race weekend, it's for example, at, um, at Pittsburgh, it was, uh, he doesn't like, there's some play, you know, he'll help me with like some riding stuff, some line stuff. But most of the time it's more like, like mental stuff. And, um, you know, if I'm struggling on something, sometimes bike setup stuff, or if I'm struggling with something and a decision I need to make or whatever, he's, he's there. But for example, like at Pittsburgh going over turn two, uh, I was, I was riding the thing like a big bike. Like I would always kind of like square it up and then hit the wheelie heel kind of straight up and down on the inside, which mostly everybody was doing in the 600 and big bike. But if I moved over, you know, a a few feet, 
I wasn't hitting the bumps and I could keep the throttle on wide open. And uh, I started doing that and I had started always having the fastest first sector. And I felt way faster. The bike was l less aggressive over the wheelie hill. So it's just little stuff like that with riding kind of helped me out a little bit. But uh, main thing, he's there to just uh, tell me to stop being a, a lady or a woman about things. <laughs> From your perspective, is it better for him to not be in your race and to be kind of observing? Or is it better for him to be in the race and kind of... Yeah, you know, he was around. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rip on him, but he was a little, he was behind you a little bit. So, what has he told you? Is it better for him to coach you up when he's not in the race? Let me ask you that, straight out. For well, it's it's better for everybody. I mean, it's uh, if he's not riding, it's better for me just because he could be in my pits during the session. He's not focused on his program. Obviously, when he's racing, he's he's focusing on what he's doing, what he has to do, because obviously he has obligations to his wife, to his sponsors. He wants to do good himself. So it's, I still get some advice from, uh, from him during like race weekends, like when he's racing, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? It's definitely not the same. And hell, we might see him at New Jersey too. I know he just retired for the second <laughs> time, but he might come out of retirement again uh, in New Jersey because his rider that he had at... Um, Pittsburgh wadded his wadded his head up pretty good, so yes. who knows if he'll be riding at New Jersey. So Mr. Hayes might be coming back there, and hopefully he could give us uh, give me some help or something. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I've got a quick question: when you're when you when you had that accident on Saturday, is at what point? I mean, are, are you thinking about oh man, I just effed up the championship? Or are you thinking about, oh man, I'm hurt? I mean, what what, what kind of goes through your mind at that point? Uh, as immediately, I thought the championship is done. Yeah. Immediately, uh, I just ruined it. I ruined it. I ruined it for myself, my team, and uh, I honestly, I was immediately went to being negative. I just didn't think about anything else other than I just ruined it. There's no chance now. And then I was in the hospital, just literally just sitting there and speechless, just like literally I'm so number one, I'm so hard on myself. I'm the most hard, the hardest person on myself. There right. is. I mean, it is unbelievable how hard I am on myself. It's not healthy. Um, so I was being very hard on myself Saturday night. I woke up Sunday morning. I, I knew I was going to try to ride Sunday if I could pass the concussion protocol test on uh, Sunday morning, which I'm pretty stoked that i did um i knew like i woke up sunday morning i'm like i didn't tell my team or anything but i'm like no way will i be able to do anything today for how i felt my back my mainly my back um i couldn't even get out of bed without some assistance so um i knew i was gonna try to ride i just didn't think like i was gonna do anything and especially for how i felt sunday morning i was just like try to i'm gonna try to stay positive and just try to get you collect, you know, two points, something, you know, because you never know how, what it'll be at the end of the season. Um, and especially after Sunday morning warm up, I was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do anything. I was barely doing 48s lap time wise. I was like in 16th. And then, you know, going into the race, I was just like, you know, just give it my all. You know what I mean? I suck it up for 35 minutes or however long the race is and then uh, die after, you know. I'll, I'll suffer. I'll suffer after. 
And uh, that's kind of what I did and just kind of grit, just grit my teeth and just suffered through it. And it could have came out a lot worse, but we got some points and we still got 11 point gap, but 11 points, obviously nothing. You know what I mean? We could have one more mistake and I could be down. I could be down another 10 points or something. So right. definitely try to ride smart, but we need to win for sure. We've seen some epic battles with you this year with um, Hayden Gillum. And, you know, it's funny, you guys will duke it out out there um, almost literally and come into the press conference both on the podium. And it's all it's all pretty, pretty good. I mean, you guys both admit you were racing yeah. hard and you laugh. I want to ask you if you had any awareness or saw about what was going on with PJ and and uh, Hayden. It was a little different than between between uh, Hayden and you, don't you think? I mean, did you see any of that? Well, honestly, if if it was, I feel like if it was me and Hayden instead of uh, PJ, I felt like we would have the same tension because it's it's coming down to the wire now. You know what I mean? Okay. We we both, you know, I think. No matter what, yeah, it's cool. We all gonna race hard, and you know what I mean. Like we're friends off the track, but on the track, you're my enemy, and I definitely don't want you to beat me. That's how I race. You know, I don't know you on the track. You're not. I have no idea. I have no history with you whatsoever. That's how I race. But uh, obviously, we want to respect the other rider too. Um, but it is coming down to the wire. We only have two rounds to go, and if it, if I was in PJ's spot, I mean, they would be definitely tough. It would be some tough love for sure it's the pressure's coming on for everybody so it's uh it's definitely i didn't know what was going on saturday but i heard about it after sunday at the end of the day i don't think it was i don't think it was nobody's fault you know at the end of the i mean if you're leaning on somebody going to the check i think it was it's just going to the line right on the straightaway i i don't you know i think that that's i mean if you could tell i mean i was leaning on my teammate at the finish line you know what i mean or i was trying to um, at the end of the day, you want to get everything you can to try to get that extra position because, hell, this is this is for the championship. So I don't think that, yeah, you could be upset, but, I mean, you can't be upset with PJ because he's in the hunt too. He's only, what, 20 points back, 21 points back yeah. or something. So you know, The thing is we, we see with Hayden, you know, Hayden gets a little bit of the red miss when he's riding. I mean, he's such a great guy off the track, and he, he is on the track too, but he's also a total badass, and you know that. Um, yeah, and he yeah. was pretty, pretty apologetic and very contrite afterwards. But, you know, PJ wasn't quite that way. He wasn't ready to kind of like, oh, that's racing and that's okay on the track. I'm different. There seemed like there's a little bit of animosity there. And I'm not trying to create some kind of a controversy, but I want to talk yeah. to you. You you have this ability to kind of turn it on and off. Some some riders don't. Would you, You've raced a while. You've seen, have you seen riders that they get off the track and they, they still kind of got the mist going a little bit? <laughs> You know, I have the miss too off the track. You just kind of got to learn to shut it off. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's it's in back of everybody's mind. You could try to, you could put up, you know, you could be friends off the track, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be in the back of your mind because you want to beat that guy. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you want to beat that guy. and uh, But you didn't get to have respect because, you know, if you don't respect the other rider on and off the track, neither is that person going to respect you on and off the track. So you kind of want to, you don't want to be too much of a hard ass off the track just because, you know what I mean? It's, you're going to repay it on the track. So you got to have yeah. like a kind of a mutual respect on and off the track. And because I know it's, it's definitely possible for people to be more aggressive than what they are. And I have the capability as well. And that's the last thing we want to do is, uh, 
get somebody so angry where you're taking each other out on purpose. You know what I mean? Definitely like some tough racing, but definitely the, the, the possibility of, you know, getting so angry for any rider and taking each other out is pretty high in our sport, especially if it's for the championship. I mean, there's three people that's pretty close in the championship. You could, it's going to be some definitely some good racing at the end of the season. I don't know what to expect, but, uh, I know it's going to be pretty tough for sure. It's going to be exciting for you guys and the fans for sure. Oh boy. So I ready, guess so. I'm ready to bring the heat for sure. So Bobby, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. I, we, we've known each other for a while and we've mm-hmm. been, we've played therapists for each other and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. and I know you're notoriously hard on yourself. I also know that's something that you continually mm-hmm. battle. Is it, have you gotten any better with it? I mean, do, I know it's something you work on, but is it, is it possible to get better with it or is it just, it, it's just you. Um, you know, I, I have been, I have been better at it, but it's still, it's still some a part of me and it, it hasn't affected me really this, like meaning like it doesn't affect my ability to like, it doesn't bring me down as a rider, like meaning like, uh, performance wise on track, it doesn't affect my lap time or anything. But like, for example, from Sunday, all I'm thinking about is how can I have won that right. race? You know what I mean? Like that's all I'm right. thinking Instead, about. Instead, you should be thinking like, about yeah, like, I don't, damn, I, don't, I got second in a race when I was pretty beat up. Yeah, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. All I'm thinking about is how can I have won that race? How can what can I have done differently? Which honestly makes me as a right. I've I feel like I'm so hard on myself. I've learned to try not to do make the same mistake over and over and over. And obviously, I'm not too successful at it, but. I think that's what makes me strive and just to keep going and push myself to that much better to be that much better and push the limits. Cause I don't like finishing second and I am a sore loser. I got to, you know, <laughs> obviously I am a sore, I, I got to admit that I am a sore loser. You know, I don't like losing. Nobody likes losing, but uh, that's the last person I want to do. I'm cycling and running at the gym for PR. I don't like to right. be second. And it's, uh, it's kind of, it's just brought up. I mean, that's just the way I am. I've always been that way. And just, I'm not the temper tantrum, like throwing things on the ground or anything. It's more just me being hard on myself. I'm not mad at somebody for beating me. It's just, I'm You're mad because like, you lost to him. Like, what can I have done? Yeah. Like, what can I have done differently? You know, that's all I think about. So it, it is, it is getting better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a healthy way i should just move on and be happy with what i've done but i'm never i could go out and run a, a pr half marathon and i still will think like well maybe if i would have done this a little bit differently or had this different stride i could have been a right. little bit faster you know it's never never satisfied i, so, I think i i think i need to throw it, out a it's billy, a good and bad i think i need yeah. to throw out a billy joel quote to you right now Jeez. bobby um hey Sorry. don't go change don't go changing to try and please me okay <laughs> Even yourself. though you're king of the freaking world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right, seriously. listen, um, we're going to yeah. let you go and, and get back to just laying around and hope, hopefully you feel better and keep doing what you're doing. But uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a performance Thanks, and uh, we're, we're glad you were able to join us today and, and bring people up to speed on what, what you're doing. So Sean, thank you again for, for helping out. And uh, I hope you're the king of, the king of Thanks, leasing your own, your own house tonight or something, but uh, no, I'm not even yeah. that. Yeah. No, you're you're the close. queen there. Thanks. She's told me. Thanks, boys. And then, uh, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. And you guys, uh, (laughs) both of you take care and we'll talk again soon. See you at New Jersey next week. All right. Bye, guys. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Thanks.